We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D. And like maybe I'm just a worse person, so like I can empathize with. Uh, <laughs> maybe I am. But also like our maybe, media maybe. tastes, like other than like the odd sitcom here or there, we don't really imbibe the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a group, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. I tend to have like wider taste than you two, but most of the time, like where I'm like, oh, I love this thing. You two aren't like, oh hell yeah, we gotta check that out. You're like, okay, Terry likes another fucking weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like a you, very uh, played with yo-yos, specific... you know. Yeah, like I just have I don't know a very specific sense of humor, I guess. But even so, like I, I don't what's know. your what's your epitome of humor? Not that it's always sunny is my epitome, epitome of, of humor. humor, but like what's your favorite? Just like so to gauge it a little bit. Uh, it used to be Friends when I was younger, but I graduated since then. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially in the Midwest where we grew up in the nineties, with like, the Friends rerun. kind of was that that epitome. Yeah, if you're I older, think it was Seinfeld. I think it's like the Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, like those. I also do the occasional IT crowd, like the occasional British humor. And I, I love really all enjoy. three of those as well. I IT think those are all awesome. Great. I would throw community yeah. into that as well. Oh, absolutely, community a hundred percent, except for obviously the gas leak year. Like we don't talk about I, that. I still but... that has gems <laughs> and it has good moments. It has moments. From it. Yeah. yeah. As a whole, it doesn't work. I totally agree there, but it definitely tried some stuff. It did. It uh, tried some. It tried some stuff. It had a different vibe. Um, we acknowledge its existence, but also we pretend that it doesn't exist at the same time. I think time. it definitely adds, like, you know, like those extra jokes, like the gas leak year. So when they get, and also they That's refer true. to the gas leak year, like crazy stuff didn't happen any of the other years. Like, look at season three of Community. Yeah, like that year was the craziest, <laughs> but then the year before they were in, like, a video game. Now I want to know what what's Lissa's epitome of humor. Like, now I'm curious, because I know Lissa and I, we vibe more on, like, shows and sense of humor. Except for action. You like action movies more than I do. But yeah, the, me, me and Lissa often bond over martial arts movies. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is Lissa's epitome of a humorous television program? Uh, I, it's broad-ish. Like, I'll mm-hmm. watch Friends. Like, it was funny-ish. It didn't make me, like, laugh my head off or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. You need that. I really enjoy Silicon Valley. That's a good one. Um, and what's one that really made me laugh? I'm trying to think. We're well, Silicon Valley European. was really when funny. Does, does um, <laughs> When's the last time Lissa laughed? <laughs> <laughs> it was at yeah, us Americans. It's been years. It's been 84 years. <laughs> I've cried more recently, you know. Oh, yeah. Same. Just to put that out there. Got, got a cry. There's also there's just a lot more I would say like depressing media or like mixed media that leans on the depressing side. Like I watch a lot of HBO stuff that always has comedy and like Succession has moments of comedy. Barry has some of the funniest bits ever, but they're also like starkly depressing <laughs> yeah, most they're, of they're the time. They're dramas or dramedies, yeah. Right. Uh, so like it's like oh like comedy wise like well this has some great bits but also like i cried and was like needed to take a cold shower um Mm -hmm. like so uh well anyways this is the cave trolls podcast where we talk about ttrpgs where we can give you all the news you need to know about on said ttrpgs or trpgs apparently um if you're boring correct um, with me, as always, are two halves of the Slavenly Trolls, Sharday and Lissa. How's it going? 
Ray, fantastic. Hi. Ray, and I I'm am fantastic. <laughs> and I am not one half of the Slavenly Trolls. I'm no halves of the Cave Trolls. Um, Are you sure about my that? My name is Terry Smith, and we're going to get started right now. First up is our Bits and Bobs section where we get into all the new games and supplements. And this came from Twitter. This was kind of a community shout-out. Um, this come this is called Outliers, a solo journaling role-playing game. Outliers is a single-player journaling game in which you play a research assistant trying to do their job in an absurd environment. Recruit participants, collect data, and perform miscellaneous tasks around the lab before the study runs out of funds. Keeping your job shouldn't be hard when your participants are clones, time travelers, and cryptids, right? Um, totally. I love this idea. I think it mixes all the things that we've talked about for solo RPGs, a notebook, a deck of playing cards, six-sided dice, tokens, but it has one of my favorite additions, uh, uh, a tumbling block tower, uh, which if you know Dread or Jenga or Jumbling Tower, which is the preferred version I play in my household, um, it's not off-brand Jenga, it's on-brand Jumbling Tower. Uh, that's the commercial. I, I get 50 cents every time I say it. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's my favorite edition because Dread's one of my favorite RPGs. So I, I'm excited to do this. I don't know too much about the setting. I like this, like the absurdist office. So, uh, kind of like Severance or, uh, Ooh, I, I love Severance. Better Off Ted, I believe is another one. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I love the idea that they're going to be kind of fitting into that genre. I think this would also be good. It could kind of fit into that liminal spaces, the back rooms type thing. If you wanted mm -hmm. to play it a little bit more eerie from what I could see of it. So, mm -hmm. um, Lissa as our resident solo RPG -er, uh, you're going to check <laughs> this out. I'm taking that as a no. I, I'm getting. A I turn, will. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a bit of a um a peanuts event. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Say I, that I again? understand that you're trying to make a pun, but we're getting a lot of mixed messages from it. <laughs> so I'm gonna need you to be quite literal just, here. Did you pee yourself, peanuts. or did you just, did yeah. you do something with peanuts? Yes, I I I spilled some peanuts. So okay, you said yes citizen. to both. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but actually, yes. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'll let you clean up the peanuts <laughs> as we move on to the next one. And I definitely, if you don't need a towel, because that definitely didn't happen, feel free to go do mm -hmm. what you need to do. Um, uh, we got some physical goods here uh, for the first time in quite a while. Not too many things come across the feed. But this is Little World's Dice um this they have some pretty cool dice over there uh they have character sheets and a few other little accoutrements but i wanted to feature them because it comes from the community but their dice also just look really rad uh, they're so pretty so like I'm, I'm a metal dice guy like i usually go <laughs> to like some of my really awesome metal dice that i've gotten for birthdays and different gift exchanges shout out to Charday who gets awesome dice um goddamn right but like the names alone on these like Igadrasil, ronin sunrise the mind's eye <laughs> King Cthulhu, like i love all this but then like the designs that they have inside of the dice are just really rad i mean it's not blowing my mind like it, it's not so far out they're like oh this is a different shape of dice but if you're looking for a traditional you know set of D, D dice i would recommend them i i don't even know the pricing yet because i just got there for their kickstarter but 
mm-hmm. like they look really cool. Oh, it's it's gonna launch, so it's not it's not out yet. So I can't I can't recommend it because I don't know what it would cost to buy them. <laughs> but, but I'm definitely digging them. Uh, are they on the smaller side? Can you tell? Uh, I'm terrible with it. Uh, it looks like pretty standard. Like it, they're sharp edge dice, and sharp okay. edge tend to be a little bit bigger than your your run of the mill. Uh, if you get a pack of dice on Amazon, they okay. have like the softer edges. Sharp edge dice are just usually a little bit bigger, and the D4s that means are deadly. Yes, so exactly. I would like I would argue drops. deadly. I would argue deadlier than metal D4s. They like, are sharp ninja edge weapons. Presence. Yikes! But they look so cool. So like <laughs> it's it's worth a trip to the A and E. You know. They also have like a three D effect, which yes, is going yeah. on, which is you, very interesting. Them? Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I noticed that as well. That looks pretty cool. I guess we could say the actual measurements for people who are smarter. Oh uh, my god, they do have measurements. Yeah, measurements. Oh yeah, to millimeters. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh nice. I, I, okay. I can't visualize what that means. So if no, you neither. get at home, uh, <laughs> I'm happy for you. I, I'm too dumb for that. That is not <laughs> like where my skills ten. Lie. Ten millimeters is like the width of my pinky. So it's and I definitely like, know Lissa's pinky yeah. size. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very small. It's a very small person's pinky. My pinky is very small, so it's like, it's it's small is what I can okay. tell you. Okay, so they're not so like they're not like big chunkers. They're probably like pretty average sized dice. They're 16 average. Millimeters they get the job done. Like they're one average. and a half centimeters. <laughs> okay, Terry, you're getting a little defensive. Listen, I'm not defending anything. <laughs> Uh, that's not for me to do Um, that's for people to do for me Um, Uh (laughs) don't call on us (laughs) check out out Little World's Dice uh, Kickstarter sign up get notified let me know if you get them because I don't I'm not normally I'm not one of those people I'm not a dice goblin I don't I don't buy a lot of them but my wife is and I've been looking to get her a new set so let me know if you like those uh, moving on, yeah. the Queer Games Bundle is back. It's returning for a third year. Um, it has a fuck ton of games. As always, I highly recommend this bundle. I've bought it three years in a row. Yes, is there a lot of overlap? Yes, but whatever. Um, I don't need your judgment, okay? What are you, my mom? Uh, or my accountant? <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, you can get all almost 500 games, 466 for 60 bucks. And uh, if you haven't bought the bundle before, it's worth it. And if you have bought the bundle, it's still pretty worth it. There's there's some overlap, but not all overlap. Like it's not like mm-hmm. you're buying the exact same games, which is pretty cool. I'm trying to see if there's any like standouts that I've had a chance to play recently. Um, Monster Care Squad is one. Uh, that's a physical one. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I've actually got my hands on. Do you two recognize anything over there? Um, I'm scrolling through right now and I still haven't had time to go through the reproductive rights bundle. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> so if there's any sort of overlap, I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of familiar art styles. So I'm wondering if I have seen these before mm-hmm. or if I've just seen the artist's work before, but already there's some that's piquing my interest however um it should be noted that this is a steeper price point than some of the other bundles we've been talking that's about fair. like that's it's fair, 60 sure. it's 60 dollars which um for the amount you're getting is still a huge like a really good deal but a lot of the other bundles we saw within like the past year or so some of them have been you know pay what you want or pay as little as 
five dollars. So if you can't, you know, but I think it, sixty is too much. Yeah, I think it does have one of those sliding handle. scales. So like they recommend you pay sixty, but I think you can pay as little as ten. Okay, that'd be that would be very helpful. Yeah, pay what you can. Uh, cost $60, the price of a AAA game. For those who cannot afford this version, there is a pay what you can bundle as well. So it's a separate bundle from the link. But I, I still think it's all 466 games. 466 and 466. Okay, so they're just listed in different areas. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, That's interesting. Okay, so it's still the same thing, but they're just two different links. So uh, pay attention to which one you click on and they're they're close to their four thousand dollar goal so if you really want to support this which i think you should this is a really cool cause um 300 queer uh developers and artists so uh you know give back to the community if you can if you can't that's okay tell a friend about it is the thing that i do mm-hmm, like if i can't because mm-hmm. i've spent my budget you know as you yeah. as uh, people <laughs> familiar with the show know that i like to do when it comes to these games um pass it along you know see if somebody else can which is pretty cool because that's okay too if you can't afford it don't break the bank trying to do it that's yeah. that's fair too but if you are looking for some new stuff there's some really cool stuff in here uh there's some digital stuff there's some physical stuff there's some games in here like like video games there's there's a wide swath of shit up in here um mm-hmm. oh orc fuck okay I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on here orc uh, fuck what the I, I can't <laughs> what? really get into Hello? the details of it but it is called orc fuck um orc breeding <laughs> yeah yeah it's a thing um a collection of erotic fiction about orcs strong yes. powerful warriors oh my fucking god oh, if that doesn't tell you oh my god i do not know what will oh my god, oh my god. that's incredible oh um, god. <laughs> don't, did we not talk about that on this show before no um, it might have been somewhere else uh <laughs> trying to if i brought it up on the creation corner i feel like i brought it up on the mic but <laughs> maybe you did and we are we just completely forgot but yeah I, another yeah, one I, like, would, I would remember something like this i feel like you would too episode. right um another one that i i have checked out before and i do recommend if you like uh tactics games so like Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre or Triangle Strategy. Titan Tactics is a really good. It's from like a 30-bit uh, to like video game jam. Um, so if you like want like a little indie tactics game, it doesn't take like, you know, 4,000 hours to beat like a lot of those. So if you're looking for mm-hmm. something smaller and want to see what people can do in the community, I highly recommend Titan Tactics. Um, so there's just some, there's some really cool there. This, I would say this is a little bit more of a, like a variety pack in comparison to some of the other bundles that they've done. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, check that out. We could go on over and over again. Uh, I haven't played this one, but this will be the first one I, I do is lesbian werewolf crime fighters. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah, exactly. Just the name alone. I'm like, well, that's that's on the list. That's I no, gotta you play got that me. this weekend. You yeah. got me. <laughs> uh, because Charday's working this weekend. I don't have a game for Friday. Sorry uh, about so it. So I might do some lesbian werewolf crime fighters. <laughs> uh, as we were wont to do on a Friday. <laughs> of course. What else would you be doing on a Friday? Uh, you know, not hanging out with my friends because they gotta make money or whatever. <laughs> capitalism fucking capitalism yeah you take it up with reagan not me listen don't don't bring the boys into this Uh. (laughs) listen listen 
Listen, if we're going to start talking about Reagan, I already promised the patrons that we'd do it over there. So um, keep it in your pants, you guys. That'd keep be an interesting okay. one because a lot of the things that we propose is like me and Sade arguing about something. But I promise we have no disagreements over we how we feel about Reagan. We have literally no disagreements about Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> we just are on the same page. Oh. And, like, even if I did, I, I feel like just, like, based on our viewers, it's not like I'd have any backers. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have anybody going, oh, Terry makes a good point with what Reagan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if Terry, for some reason, just was in, like, oh, let's, let's like, uh, play debate simulator, I'll take the pro-Reagan stance. Like, absolutely not. No, that's not gonna happen it <laughs> sure knows i never i never play devil's advocate they don't need an advocate that is not a thing no. that i that i want to do uh so i i know that people you know oh they they see what i look like hear what i sound like and go oh this is not gonna be a good thing to argue with like i promise <laughs> i don't do that <laughs> like that's a it's a thing i'm acutely aware of so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um moving on <laughs> to obojima tales from the tall grass i'm extremely excited about this 5e game so it's a similar DD campaign setting uh the, like thing that we've talked about from an indie publisher um inspired by things that we've talked about other games being inspired by which is studio ghibli and the legend of zelda there's been a few games break comes to mind and a couple of yeah. other indie ones uh but i love the art style for this and specifically some of the um like dungeon craft some of the like the artwork and like spells that they've previewed for this game look really really cool mm -hmm. um and not that the other games that are in like studio ghibli inspired um don't have good art they definitely do this one looks like it could have been a studio ghibli movie though the art is to that level um which is saying a lot so this one just kind of uh kind of impressed me uh did you two get a yeah. chance to look at this one I'm I'm looking it over right now and it it comes out at such a good time because it also gives like Zelda Breath of the Wild vibes yes. in terms of um well what's the new one Tears of the Kingdom so Tears it gives like yeah. Tears of the Kingdom Breath of the Wild like yes definitely Ghibli inspired but also like has that very um Hyrulean very like art style where it's just things are just a little bit bizarre and blown up and like have that same I don't, I'm not like a physical art person, but it has like that same color palette, yeah. it looks like. So mm -hmm. it, it, it looks beautiful. So if anybody like is playing Tears of the Kingdom and wants to play Tears of the Kingdom as a TTRPG and have like monsters that kind of vibe with that, this could be really like a good way to do that. Yeah. It's just like looking at like the, the examples of the given like the rubble golem. Um, just looks like... It looks like... awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. And it, it kind of reminds me of, um... Oh, God, what is it? The... The anime, the... The Alka... Monster Rancher? No, Alka... Oh. Full Metal Alchemist? <sighs> What'd you say? Was it Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist. There okay. we go. I do love Full Metal Alchemist. I fucking love Full Metal Alchemist. Like, <laughs> I'm not like the biggest <laughs> anime guy. Like, I don't watch a shit ton of it. Same. But, but that is one I'm like have seen. That's one if you, it. yeah. If you if you're like a casual anime person, like I'm definitely a casual anime person. Like, you, it's like Attack on Titan and uh, <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. I don't know like, you like Attack two. on Titan. Uh, I do. You, I love Attack on Titan. All? No, I, because I don't think there's anything casual about. 
tech on. Oh, is there not? I don't know. It's just so popular. Well, it's it's very, well, the thing is, it's very mainstream, I think, is what I was trying to get at. Like, I don't know any of the really niche animes, but I know of, like, the ones that are pretty popular and that are making their way through the sphere right now. Um, Except Naruto. I'm not... I'm not gonna watch that because it's way too long. Yeah, but there's but... a difference between like a like a mainstream anime and a mainstream shonen anime, right? Like Demon yeah. Slayer is pretty mainstream, but it's still pretty shonen, right? You got a little boy yeah. team up with with people he meets along the way to go fight the big bad, and he's got a power yeah, up yeah, as he yeah. Goes. And I've 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 seen those like a hundred times, and I totally get why people love them, and it's a great like formula to just kind of get into. But, but and I love Attack on Titan. Titan. I'm not I'm not caught up yet because I was waiting for the English dub to go on Hulu. I don't think it's ever going to happen. So I just got my friend's Crunchyroll log. Well, the English stuff <laughs> so was there. You mean like it. of the newest season? Yeah, the newest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like of the newest one. I've been did waiting they, like. Did they dub like years. any of it though? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if the Hulu, newest season. Yeah. I, I watched it. So I, I got caught up originally for is it season three or whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I watched all the way with like what the japanese uh dub was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. the sub english subtitles and then i ran out there because they split it into like 16 different parts so yeah that's what yeah and i i i'm pretty sure they've dubbed the most recent one but it's just on Crunchyroll right gotcha. now well, so i gotta go do that then because i'm not yeah same uh, I, need, I need to get caught up because i was I, I i prefer watching anime in english people can yell at me but they don't understand that when they watch it with subtitles it's still um um localized but that's what's fine. wrong with you too uh yeah, <laughs> people, yeah exactly people do get mad about that and then like people get you, mad about when you explain that if you watch it with english subtitles and not like you don't speak japanese if you watch it with english subtitles, it's still localized so you're still not getting a one-to-one translation but and they throw a fit and their weed brain blows up um, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like I, I was watching it with English, and then it ran out. But it's so good and like heightened so much good. towards the end of the series. I was like, "Well, I'll watch it with Japanese with subtitles." And then that ran out, so I started reading the manga. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. So I, I I'm just excited. I, I don't know many people that watch it. I know it's super popular. I just don't hang out with a lot of anime watchers. Uh, my buddy yeah, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the show, watches it and. Uh, Dave sometimes, um, who's host of the show a little bit, but uh, they're uh-huh. so they're so busy with life or whatever. It's weird. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get it either. But we oh, should move yeah. on. This isn't the Attack on Titan show. Uh, Paizo Khan announces post remaster Pathfinder books, Mech and Kaiju Adventures for Starfinder. Um, so they launched. They they were really excited. They were just dropping tons of news for a bunch of different books. So let's just jump into them. Uh, Let's see. Prior to Rage of Elements hitting shelves, Pathfinder plans to explore dwarven lore and culture with Lost Omens in June this year. Part Gazetteer and part Setting Guide, the book will contain plenty of options for dwarven players, characters, and those with ties to Pathfinder's specific take on fantasy mainstays. You can check this out over at Dicebreaker from Chase Carter. Lots of details over there. But I was excited because Starfinder hasn't had as much love recently. And uh, you know I love kaijus. You know I love mechs. So getting those books launched is going to be kind of exciting. The Sky King's Tomb. We've talked about a few things that are part of that adventure setting. Um, so it's not that crazy that they're just adding more of that. But Mechageddon is, uh, is their mech book, which is what I want to draw people's attention to. So it's an adventure path. Um, it's going to let people travel to, uh, 
Demalcho, a planet terrorized by massive, devastating kaiju. In order to combat this threat and eke out a small chance of survival, the party can create and pilot mechs into battle. Um, and I will sign up for anything that gives me mechs in any RPG. Um, and I mean that. That's not hyperbole. If you send me a mech game, I will buy it. Uh, if I don't already have it. And even if I already have it, I might still buy it. Um... Uh, so, but if you're not looking for more Starfinder or more mechs, they also have Season of Ghosts, which is a series of, uh, four season spanning volumes for characters level 1 through 12. Um, so, there, there's some other cool stuff coming to Pathfinder. I know we don't cover a shit ton of Pathfinder stuff over here, because that's just not where our fun lies. Does this do anything for you two? You can finally get to pull the trigger, jump into Pathfinder, Starfinder? I mean... I knew PaizoCon was going on, <laughs> and I know. Well, the thing is, the thing I knew, the big thing I know that they did, we're going to be talking about later. So, yes, like it's, the Drow stuff, <laughs> like that's that's the stuff that I'm like way more keenly aware of. I've never played Starfinder or Pathfinder. I'm not super familiar with all of their lore. We just recorded a guest spot with friend of the show, uh, Rise of the Rule Lords, uh, and okay. like we exchanged like lore between D and pathfinder and that's literally yeah. all that we have the basis of at least for lissa and i i don't want to speak for her but like i don't <laughs> i don't know much about starfinder so this doesn't gotcha. do much for me i do have opinions on the drow stuff though yeah, oh yeah <laughs> I, I figured you did that's why i put it there there's also I, mm -hmm. I mentioned the sky king's tomb i mentioned the mech book but there's also one more um uh what's what's it called howl of the wild um, it's like a deep wilderness adventure, uh, so with new creatures, regional variants of a number of spells and archetypes, and um, it's detailed by the game's in-game narrator, the naturalist, which I think is kind of cool. So almost That's like cool. epistolary type uh, entries, which is one of my favorite things with like D&D &D books that they've done in recent years. Like it's written from Tasha's point of view or Morinkainen, stuff like that. Nice, I have a nice, question, nice. though. Your question may be answered. What is a kaiju? Oh, good question. A question that I'm excited. I thought you were going to ask me some shit about Pathfinder. I was like, ah, all right, I'll Google it. <laughs> no. a, a kaiju <laughs> is a giant beastie. So Godzilla is a kaiju. Most of the things that the Power Rangers uh, fight are kaiju. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Ghidorah, Mothra, um, all, of the, all of the big giant monsters. Those are kaiju. Okay, and mech is mechanical suit thing? Yeah, it's like giant robots that you pilot. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. I am on board. Um, I <laughs> Listen, listen, anything that will give me my Power Rangers fantasy, Word, I am on yeah. board with. Um, that's what we, we played, uh, Power Rangers one shot on my birthday and, uh, no, it was amazing. It was great. Charday was the red ranger. I was the green ranger. It was a good time. Yeah. Well, you just got to come to the States. Lisa. Like that's, that's that what, what you got to do. Or I thought it was she like, FOMO. against Power Rangers? Like... No, she is FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that's her FOMO voice. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that you couldn't be here physically. We'll play, we'll play one online. I'm sure eventually. the game was shit and terrible. <laughs> no, no my, my wife ran it. It was wonderful. She's perfect at everything and so pretty. <laughs> nope. Everyone hated it. Everyone did not enjoy it. 
listen, listen I'm, I'm going to have to fight you for her honor, uh, but I'm going to lose. And then she's going to have to fight you for her honor. And I promise you, you'll lose. She's very scrappy. Um, she's very, very good shape. She will, she will fight you. And remember, we're Americans. So like we're armed. Is the thing. We have nukes. Like what do you, you, you've you played me in civilization. You know what I do with nukes. <laughs> did you drop, a, did you drop a nuke in Civ? No, not yet, oh, but okay. we just started a new game where I'm definitely going to drop a nuke on somebody. It's my new goal. <laughs> I started playing as Teddy Roosevelt. So Gotta I'm play Teddy. Really Teddy's my favorite. Gotta play Teddy. I haven't played him yet, so I'm very excited. Lissa, <laughs> uh, 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 listen, I promise you, jokes aside, my wife uh, and I both don't condone violence, but also are not <laughs> we own no weapons that aren't like ninja <laughs> weapons. Like uh, We could probably throw a shuriken at you or something. Mm-hmm. I probably have a cheap Where's... mall katana somewhere here. Whereas I'm sure Alyssa has like a whole arsenal. Alyssa, I, I know is uh very is uh very well versed in crossbow combat. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um, I heard that. So we got to be careful there. But yeah, uh, why don't we take out our frustrations in a Power Ranger Kaiju versus Mech type fight? What if we? <laughs> yes. Perfect. It's settled. Huzzah! Huzzah! Uh, <laughs> Long shot city turns surreal fantasy role playing gem Troika into a superhero RPG. Uh, this comes from Dicebreaker, who wrote this article. Kapow! Matt Jarvis uh, over there. Superhero RPG powered by the rules like gameplay of weird fantasy gem Troika is on its way. Long shot city looks to build a superhero setting on the approachable gameplay of Troika, which uses a pool of six sided dice that players must typically roll under a target number for success. The dice system is combined with flexible skill systems defined by points and an endless variety of one-word abilities or simple description that modify their dice roll in relevant situations. For example, you could have a couple of points in sneak, etiquette, fly fishing, or pretty much anything else you can think up. I'm really excited for this to check out. I I buy most superhero games, even though I kind of have uh, my set ones, but Troika is really fun to, to mess around with. And so I'm always down to check out something. This seems like it might, might ma- like uh, marry masks with something like Cortex, a little bit more open. So I'm excited to check it out. Uh, are you too familiar with Troika or no. superhero games at all? Does this do anything? I feel like I heard like not only the silence, but like the screen door slamming behind you too as I started <laughs> reading this. Well, the only superhero game I've ever played is the closest I've got was the Power Rangers one. Okay, so. okay. And that was <laughs> that the D20 perfect. system. They'd use the Essence 20, yeah. which is basically D&D with more D20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I gotcha. Uh, Lisa, what about you? I'm intrigued. I do like comic books and I do like superheroes. I've never played a superhero um, TTRPG, though, so because terry has not invited me to one also but um i haven't run them di- i haven't run a lot of digital games since the pandemic kind of kind of wind down a little bit i i used to run uh like a rotating like superhero game every friday um different settings mm. different one shots a lot of suicide squad gardens of the galaxy that kind of thing um but i might be able to start something up like that for uh for a one-off we'd have to find people to play it though and most likely we'd also have to do it on the mic because you know our life has to be content 
Oh, obviously, yeah. I mean, Everything nothing happens. nothing happens unless there's the mic rolling, you know? I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, so this game uses a similar um, uh, mechanic. If you've ever played Cortex or any of the Cortex superhero games like a Marvel's Heroic, it uses an escalation system. So, like, the game kind of progresses kind of like, uh, like a comic book where, like, you're foiling the bad guy's plans until it eventually ramps up to a larger, um, like, escalation. And then, you know, like, like Power Rangers, right? Like you fight the little guys, then you fight the general, and then you fight the big one, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and like the dice kind of support that. So it's taking a lot of different ideas from from many places, which, in my opinion, makes a really good RPG. So I'm excited about everything I'm seeing here. Uh, I don't know too much about the setting that they're going to be using. It seems like um, so Christian Kessler uh, is the writer of Longshot City. It seems like they're kind of coming up with their own thing. Um, so they're trying to combine Batman's Gotham with Spider-Man's New York. Uh, so it's kind of like a standalone thing. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Evelyn Moreau, uh, Jacore Holder and Boston Ali's, uh, art is pretty fucking rad in there. Um, I wouldn't even say reminiscent to comic books. Like there's a lot of like watercolors and almost like, yeah, it's very, almost like, yeah, I was gonna say like surrealist. Yeah. Yeah. Which you you don't see a lot in superhero. No, I like it. Yeah. Um, reminds me, there's a comic book, not a superhero comic book called Basilisk. Um, that's more of like a supernatural, like Buffy kind of like, like drama, um, has a similar Mm -hmm. art style. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm definitely going to buy it. (laughs) So, you know, full, uh, full disclosure, trying to purchase it right now. (laughs) They have it on Kickstarter. I'll link the Kickstarter for you to check it out. It's not, uh, launched yet. So, uh, you can click that notify me on launch. I will be clicking that button. Uh, and also check out Troika if you get the chance. Uh, a little bit more fantasy based, but similar system, so you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, uh, classic game book series Fighting Fantasy is being turned into a co op RPG card game by Brass Designer. Uh, this also comes from Dicebreaker. Matt Jarvis, you're just all over the place today, Matt. Um, classic choose your own path. You, you have to say choose your own path because choose your own adventure is copywritten, just in case you didn't know that. Choose your own path game that. book. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, and those books that are probably... They, like, they, while they did pioneer it, they didn't create it, and they didn't no. make the best version. The best version is the Goosebump books fight me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, this was a choose your own path game book series fighting fantasy. Um, so... Have either one of you heard of Fighting Fantasy or those no. Choose Your Own Path like RPG books? Uh, no. No. Okay. So um, this comes from uh, I, I don't know if it is right now, but originally Steve Jackson games, uh, which is uh. why. Yeah. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so like there was like single player books, and I think it might have been when they were still at Games Workshop. So. So it might not have even mm-hmm. been Steve Jackson's games. Like it just Steve Jackson worked on them. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got it right here in the article. I could just read it instead of guessing. Um, <laughs> Fighting Fantasy Adventures will turn Games Workshop's co-founder Steve Jackson and even Livingstone's seminal series of single-player game books, which started in 1982 with the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which is a fucking mouthful, but awesome. Like that's mm-hmm. a cover of a metal album, you know? 
Um, mm-hmm. And has fanned 75 books since into a co-op card game described as having RPG light elements. And it is RPG light elements. Like, you have this card that you could equip an item or carry it with you onto the next area. Um, I would recommend something like this if you're trying to get into RPGs or playing with, like, a younger audience that hasn't quite jumped into the full D&D um, yeah. style of it all. Uh, or someone who doesn't want to play, you know, a you know, forty-hour campaign, uh, uh, which is a short campaign, by the way. I make it sound like that's a long time. That's like ten sessions. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it, it really Child's isn't play. right in like the world of RPGs. But I tell some other people, they're like, "What you do this every week for nine hours? <laughs> like that's crazy." You tell anybody who like isn't in the TTRPG space that like, "Oh yeah, you play D and D," and then you'd like get into like, "Yeah, we play like every week for like." three to four hours but sometimes we do a weekend thing and it's like eight to twelve and everybody and then the, the people who you say that to you just see them go from like nodding all like oh yeah that sounds really cool to like looking a little bit confused and maybe horrified yeah um <laughs> and like uh like this i think uh a part of the reason why it's easy to jump in it's gm list you know it's it's a card game and you do a lot of the dice rolling like with like the combat mechanics and then like leveling up in between sessions is when like the rpg elements really go in so it's almost like building your deck of like what you can do next time around it reminds me a lot of like the lord of the rings living card game or the game of thrones living card game from fantasy flight if you've ever checked those games out where it's it's got those rpg elements it still has the card game stuff but in my opinion with uh fighting fantasy adventures like coming back into it the storytelling will be a little bit stronger um uh, but having not played it, I can't guarantee that, but that's what I, what it seems to be. That's my conjecture for it. Um, but you can mm-hmm. check out the Kickstarter over there and uh, let me know if you're excited to join Fighting Fantasy Co-op, because before they were solo, um, and if you were lonely and reading Goosebump books but wanted more fantasy stuff, maybe you played a lot of these. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, who could say? Uh, moving <laughs> on to the next one, uh, we talked about Candela Obscura, Coming from Critical Role's uh, Darrington Press, but now you can get a quick start guide for it. Uh, have you two checked out the rules? No, the Kickstart uh, quick start guide is out. No, but I saw it. Um, I saw them like I think the day that the first episode uh, aired, which was this past last week, mm-hmm. this past week, last week. Um, they released it the day of the premiere. Yeah, the I how think. to play video. Yeah, the how to play video mm-hmm. and the the free quick start guide, and people mm-hmm. were really excited about it. And then I I did see people on TikTok talking briefly about it. I forget what they said, but somebody said that it it gave a very Blades in the Dark. Uh, yeah, that's vibes. What, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. I was trying to hold my tongue. I'm like, I don't want to talk too much shit. Um, I no, but I, that's what they they kind of were talking a little bit of shit. They're like, oh, they're saying this is a new system when the system for this basically already exists. That's and I'm um, like, oh, I don't know anything about that, but that's interesting. That's the consensus at a lot of people at my table that that play a lot of games. Uh, me and my buddy were talking about it, and uh, that's that's the vibe I got. I checked out the rules. This seems like Blades in the Dark without some of my favorite components of Blades in the Dark, uh, like without the like the flashback mechanic, uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. faction stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is wholly original. No game ever is, though. They they didn't steal, um, Blades in the Dark, which they could if they wanted to. Like, that's an open license. They didn't do that, though. This is wholly original, according to Darrington Press. 
Um, I think that it's inferior to Blades in the Dark or Forge in the Dark games, if you wanted to check those out, or, like, their new Magical Girl coming up, um, Girls in Moonlight. Uh, I would recommend those over Candela Obscura. However, that doesn't mean Candela Obscura is bad. The fact they're putting out this quick start guide is really exciting. I think a lot of people checking this out, um, getting more eyes on a D6 system like this is exciting. Uh, but if I had to give my recommendation, I would check out Blades in the Dark or one of the other Forge in the Dark games over, uh, Candela mm -hmm. Obscura now having played both. Uh, it's cool, but yeah, no, it's definitely, it's pretty close to Forge in the Dark. <laughs> if yeah, I'm going to yeah. be blunt, I wouldn't say that it's like super duper different. Um, it's their spin on that type of system. Mm -hmm. uh yeah so that same conjecture for me uh it's it's the same idea what do you two think having uh seen a little bit of it or if you want to parrot some of the the points that you heard from from tiktok that's i mean that's literally all i heard i, I didn't gotcha. i don't know i don't i don't know blades in the dark as a system so i don't think i'm quali qualified to that's like fair. say Not, yeah do i yeah i gotcha yeah i was a little disappointed when i finally got my like my hands on it because like they were mentioning a lot of like storytelling aspects which they still yeah. are in there it, it, it has this like narrator vibe um uh -huh. and it's definitely a different setting and a different um overall like like vibe to the game than something like forged in the dark which is mm -hmm. kind of aiming for like gas punk steampunk type uh almost victorian type setting um maybe a little bit later but it mixes a little bit of all of those if you ever played um uh, uh not death loop but it came from the death loop developer um they call it whale punk um oh yes uh it's kind of like like they use uh um oh shit like like uh like the fat from whales to like burn that like sounds... they did in the old days but they made like advanced that's... equipment kind of oh my god dishonored dishonored thank you dishonored that's it has a lot of dishonor yeah vibes. thank you i couldn't think of yeah that yeah 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 so like it has a lot of that but whereas in candela obscura goes a little bit more victorian regency with it uh creepy seances that, that kind of thing mm -hmm. and they change up the mechanics a little bit more in like all of the, all those caveats being said, I think it's a very well put together rule book, at least according to the quick start guide. Um, the rules are pretty, pretty straightforward. I don't think they do a better or worse job than like forwards in the dark of explaining those rules. I think they do a good job. I would recommend it. If you're looking for a game um, to play, like if you pick up that book, it's not broken which I know I shouldn't have to say a lot of RPG books you buy are broken <laughs> or they're not laid out well, or you can't understand what the mechanics are. Candela Obscura does a really good job. It's very player friendly, at least in this quick start guide of, Hey, this mm -hmm. is how you play this. is how you check it out. Um, the fact they're putting it out very, you know, um, user friendly, very customer friendly, um, forward facing when it comes to the consumer. So I like all of those things. And it's just a different setting. My biggest issue is that, yeah, it seems like a forge in the dark game and it could have been, and I think it would have been better better for it or at least a little bit mm. friendlier to the community for it um mm -hmm. but critical role is a business Terrington press is a business i don't fault them for going about it that way it just when it mm -hmm. was billed as like a wholly original game it was just a little bit suspect yeah that's fair that's um, a fair critique yeah but uh but i'm not saying anything that everyone already didn't say on tiktok right so like i don't, <laughs> we don't need to go too far into it without you two actually playing it um with all that being said is this something you're gonna check out if i run a candela obscure game you two jumping in what's uh what are your vibes from it uh based on what you've seen 
I like the vibes a lot. I might watch uh, Critical Role's playthrough just to get like a better vibe of how mm-hmm. this plays. Since there is, if there's content out there about an RPG and like people playing it, I like to consume it first. So at least I get an idea of what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I might check that out and see if it's like how the mechanics work, how the storytelling, which obviously Critical Role is like a performance group. Like they're not going to be every table, but at least to see how a game is like structured and like what how the mechanics differ from the systems i played you know before yeah that's something i'm excited about when it comes to storytelling because like forge in the dark in my opinion creates more of a cinematic quality because of like the the cutaways like that's something that we do a lot at our table right like we all have like yeah like cut scenes i'll I'll cut away and be like your your characters don't know this but the players are going to enjoy seeing bad guy do x or y right that's a mm-hmm. that's a staple with how we play, but it doesn't pop up a lot at other tables, and that's why I really enjoy Cortex games or Forge of the Dark games. That's a mechanic in it, not only like the flashbacks or like the cutaways, but also the pulling out of the camera, like the zoom out, and now let's look at the factions, let's look at the setting, um, let's make some rolls for what's happening around the city. Those are all built-in mechanics, and these are some mm-hmm. things that Candela Obscura, not all of them, but like the cutaway, the storytelling aspects are capturing. Um, yeah. And seeing a bunch of really good improvisational um, uh, voice actors and storytellers doing is really exciting to me. So I might check it out on that level, like seeing them being mm-hmm. able to play, like do a little bit more of a cinematic thing rather than so mechanics and crunch heavy like uh, Critical Role is. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that part is exciting to me, like watching them play it. But again, I would have watched them play Blades in the Dark um Lisa, <laughs> yeah. as both a fan of blades in the dark uh and critical role <laughs> what does this do for you so candle obscura was it's like gothic is it gothic horror yeah cl- yes like that is kind of the way that it's built um like i said like kind of like victorian era but like it is it's more storytelling like you don't have to just do those gothic vibes but that's definitely the way that they're billing it uh-huh I mean, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I I have no feelings toward Critical Role. I have no. And How dare I'm you make me a liar, Alyssa? Like, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely intrigued, especially like with the gothic horror stuff. And I'm I'm down to try it. But it's not like I would go out of my way to make it the first thing that I ever try. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, is this gonna be the thing that gets you to watch Critical Role? Like, you know, check out Candela Obscura. I mean. F- it might have been, but based on what I've seen, it had mixed reviews. So, um, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. the show or so, the game? Um, it, it could have been had it been big, but um, so it, it had my entry. But then when I found mixed reviews, I was like, eh. Was it the performances? Was it the story that they were telling? What was it that people are critiquing? I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, I, I have. No, I haven't seen anything about it. Um. I feel like the expectation was so high uh, that it was just a little bit not what they were expecting. Which is something that we all kind of talked about a little bit, which is like, they're launching their own games. People are expecting like, oh, this is going to be Critical Role's premiere thing. And right now, they're kind of using it as almost an advertisement for their new release. Rather yeah. than like, this is our uh, this is another pillar of our content. Which is fine, and I'm sure it was this was passable, but yeah, those expectations are going to be pretty high because a lot of critters are looking to just well, we would we would buy all of our D and D stuff from Critical Role if you had it, 
and I think that they're they're waiting for that. But that's not. I don't think that was the goal for Candela Obscura. Um, that's going to be the goal for some of their other games they've announced. So maybe just a little bit of mixed messaging for the critters. Um, which I think, like, it, while that doesn't really affect me too much, I kind of feel bad for them because. I know so many, Sharday probably more on the side because you play so much D&D and now you're kind of dipping your toe into other games. But I know a lot of critters are like, oh yeah, no, like if they just had a D&D game that was as good as D&D, I would just play that. Like, so, yeah. Um, the fact that they're putting out games now and it's not that, I could see a little bit of disappointment starting to, to build up. Do you think it's going to re- reach a level of resentment if they don't do it sooner? I don't know if it, I, I don't think it'll reach a level of resentment, but like the the critical role community is so big now that I would never discount it because, mm-hmm. you know, when when they first launched in like 2015, 2016, it was such a small and niche community. And now it the D&D community and the critical role community and like the Dimension 20 community, like all these communities kind of interlink with each other and there is such a vast array of fans and a vast array of expectations yeah, i think that for sure because i'm not like soup i'm not like watching their most recent campaign i fell off after like 20 episodes or so just because i could not keep up with it right. and i occasionally go back but like i'm not i'm not watching it every night i'm not in like in the trenches of the community as much as I once was. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what the murmurings are personally. I just They're know murmuring. what I see on, Those murmurs, baby. on Twitter. But I, I couldn't imagine that unless they were touting it to be like their next premiere thing and they're only going to be producing content like this like they stop playing D&D and they only play their own systems and those systems are not like good or they're not tested or they're not um what the fans are expecting of critical role which will be like a D adjacent type thing but maybe just better in certain ways then i could see them maybe getting more angry but as long as they have their like pinnacle like critical role show going i think they'll be fine <laughs> i gotcha yeah so and I, I think a big part of it too is that there's still there's still that carrot at the end of the stick right well kindle obscura might be a small disappointment for some of those people hoping for a system straight from critical role they're still working on that so the fact that they're still mm-hmm. kind of like teasing that and like hey we're gonna do a one that's meant for a long-form storytelling hint hint <laughs> nudge nudge um mm-hmm. i feel like even if there was some resentment building because of this disappointment which is a strong word i think i, I don't know anybody who's like ah oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened but i think uh even with this like small setback i think as long as they're like you said putting out critical role and teasing that they're going to do a, a larger system in the future i think uh i think they're going to be fine um yeah I think you know, be fine. they're not small potatoes so no <laughs> Uh, moving on to our village crier. This is where we talk about all the news that doesn't fit into, Hey, should you buy this or not? Um, you know, we go to the, the town center and start yelling stuff. Our village crier section has one item on the agenda this week. Pathfinder ejects drow from official lore says too deeply enmeshed in D and D identity. This comes from chase Carter over at dice breaker. Galarian's Darklands will trade spider worshiping elves for snake people. Um, uh, Pathfinder is evicting Drow from its official lore, according to the designers of the fantasy tabletop RPG. The publisher Paizo announced the news during a panel at last week's PaizoCon Online 2023, claiming that the classic fantasy race was too tightly bound to Dungeons & Dragons' cultural identity. 
Creative director James Jacobs outlined the plan as part of the Into the Darklands panel last Friday, saying that the massive area underneath Galarian, Pathfinder's main setting, has always been important, but borrows much from D&D's Underdark that should be altered in a post-open gaming license world. Paizo recently announced plans to separate its official material from D&D's OGL after Wizards of the Coast drew the ire of players and creators earlier this year with a series of licensing debacles. Uh, dubbed the Pathfinder 2nd Edition Remaster Project, the initiative will culminate in four new books, but also include intermittent changes such as the carving out of Drow out of the official lore. Um, we could keep reading, but the, the article just goes to list some more things about Drow. I think... Um, people kind of know stuff about the Drow. I'm going to read a little bit about what they're replacing them with before we get into our discussion. Drow in the Darklands will be largely replaced uh, with Serpent Folk, a reptilian race that will fill the narrative role of villains in published adventure stage beneath the ground. Other races, such as Pathfinder's version of Dwerger and Deep Gnomes, will appear as morally good, or at least neutral, societies alongside a more fleshed out and distinct version of Cavern Elves. Old drow cities will become serpent folk settlements or the setting for deeper mysteries. And the upcoming Rage of Elements sourcebook will begin to explore the new version in greater detail. Uh, Jacob said the team initially considered reinterpreting the drow, but found the brooding matriarchal people with the penchant for spider uh, aesthetics so deeply enmeshed in D&D and its works that they felt more confident in starting fresh. The argument holds water when you consider the legacy and continued popularity of Ari Salvatore's Dritzdo Erden stories and drow more generally. The fictional ranger appeared in Magic the Gathering cards, and, you know, it's got a cultural cachet. Um, people know Dritzd. <laughs> we don't need to explain that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do we what do we think about this? I have a lot of feelings and a lot of questions. I also have a lot of feelings and a lot of questions, but I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking, so I want Lissa's thoughts. Yeah, I want to hear Lissa first. So what do you I want to hear Lissa's voice. I want Lissa's beautiful voice in my ear. <laughs> if she will. And she's gone. Uh, all right. Thank you, uh, Lissa. How I'm dare kidding. you? <laughs> Lissa. I was hi. giving you a compliment. Hi, hi. <laughs> What what are your opinions on the drow being dropped from Paizo and Pathfinder? Replaced. replaced. Dropped and replaced. Mm, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Sorry, I had peanuts. Peanuts? Yep. <laughs> peanuts are back. Peanuts are back. They're no longer on my table. Um I think I think it's a good decision. I think that one of the things hot that take, we did... hot take alert, Charday, <laughs> Lissa, get down the sniper. I see the red dot on you right now. One of the things that we did talk about um, to rule lords was the fact that because Drow are so ingrained in D and D that and Pathfinder is based on D and D or like a kind of like a spinoff, but its own own spinoff that went its separate way that when you base something on something that has very problematic things like drow you are setting yourself up not for failure but you're setting yourself up for future problems and i think it's a pat on the back and a round of applause for pathfinder to realize that actually we should step away from these problems and we should take a good look at some of the things that have been critiqued in D&D, which they also have due to stemming off from D&D. And I think 
staying away from the thing that has been critiqued is a good sign. And I, for one, am I, I love lizard people. I am playing. <laughs> I am playing one. I, I Lissa is pro li lizard, is what I'm hearing. We're, that's what we're hearing. Pro lizard. Mm -hmm. I am a slizzard person. Um, <laughs> I and I think I just think it's a good idea. I think I think you're setting yourself up for creating something that's more original. You're going away from the bad thing. You are purging like the bad things the bad vibes from your game and th there's nothing okay there might be people who love the drow and love the, what they mean but like I i'm pretty sure you can add them back if you wanted to <laughs> yeah, nobody's stopping you nobody nobody's stopping you the fact that they're not in the official documentation and in the official game is one thing but like Nobody's stopping you from adding them back into your game if you want to play Drizz, if you want to play Evil Drow, if you want to play a reverse patriarchy, matriarchy. Like, I'll go for it. Like, you you know what the vibes are because you already know of it. That doesn't mean that the new players coming in will know about it, but you can definitely teach them. You can show them exactly how you want to play it. That's fine. Like, um, actually, as we long play as rules as written here. Uh, <laughs> if you don't play exactly what's in the, the source fact... book, you're incorrect. The fact that they're not in the official documentation, I think that is a good sign. I think with the new people, if they want to attract new people to play Pathfinder, which obviously they do, because with the rise of D&D will also be the rise of Pathfinder, especially if Wizards of the Coast keeps doing what it's doing. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Is it doing stuff? Yeah, so oh, many okay. things. But I think that it's a smart decision, all in all. Hot take from Lissa. Wow. Before I give my thoughts, I would love to hear Sade's rant on this. <laughs> love how you call it a rant and not my thoughts. I'm just prepared. If, I, if I'm incorrect, go ahead. I'll apologize. But uh... no, you're right. <laughs> but it's, it's a, no, but it's no, but it's a good. It's also a good rant because I agree with Lissa. Like <gasps> I. Me and One I thought I was the... gonna have the hot take. I also agree with Lisa. Damn it! Oh no! Oh god! Oh. Well, well, we and it's just so topical because, like she said, we talked on this. The episode hasn't premiered yet, but we talked a lot about Drow um, with Rise of the Rule Lords and their role in D and D and their role in Pathfinder and how they are intrinsically tied together. And he asked us the question: Well, how can they fix it? Like, how can Pathfinder fix it? And Drop while them. Yeah, that was literally what I told. That's what I said. I'm they just stole like, your idea. They drow were created by Gary Gygax. They are a Gary Gygax who is the one of these creators of Dungeons and Dragons. He created the drow. Yeah, he took inspirations from other places. The Lord concept of, of dark, <clears throat> the concept of a dark elf, isn't new to D and D. But like <clears throat> the drow, the yes, exactly. So like the the premise of the drow as the drow race as we know them now though with all those influences is gary gygax's so when you take the drow which are intrinsically tied to D and you put them in pathfinder like lissa said it brings a lot of baggage because they were not done well and even though pathfinder made improvements especially in 2e making them you know not intrinsically evil they still cavorted with demons they were still primarily an evil race they still worshipped a demon uh queen instead of the spider queen 
they had a lot of the same dressings. They were just the drow, but in a different font. And, but they, I don't, you can't really fix them in a new setting without just dropping them. Every young adult it, novel I've ever read would beg to differ. I can fix them. <laughs> I know, right? But one of the things I said was just drop them, create your own race of dark elves that are not drow, start from the ground up, and just don't name them drow, don't have them connected in any sort of way. And I'm so glad to see that that's exactly what they're doing. However, I do have hesitations about them being quote replaced yeah, with an evil folk. race of Liz with an evil race of serpent folk. I'm like, I don't like evil races. Full stop. I don't. I don't like them. No, I, I, I have sense. a zero. No thing as an evil race. Exactly. People I have a zero tolerance policy for evil races. I don't care if they are. I don't care if it's a fantasy trope, a sci-fi trope, or whatever. It's just it doesn't ring true to me. Groups of people are not like generalized in any sort of and they don't behave in the same way like even even in like my campaign setting that i've homebrewed i've made illithid not evil and they have this hive mind and they're controlled by an evil entity and i'm like no that doesn't make any sense to me i don't want them to be evil um i want some to be evil and i want some to be good and i want some to be morally gray because every like group of people has that so I'm a little bit hesitant because they're kind of replacing it with a quote evil race, at least from the way that it's been presented so it's, far. Listen verbatim, it's like this evil society, like uh, yeah. it says it. so. Uh, so evil I don't society, think yeah. it, it's fine. Like if it's ruled over, like by an evil person, and the people around are just like committing evil deeds to survive. Like if you can explain it, and that's the culture, and that people are forced to do these awful things but not everybody's intrinsically evil like right, that there are ways way. uh, yeah there there are ways around it but painting an entire race as evil and then replacing one evil race with another is just a little bit iffy to me but i also want to give paizo a pat on the back because they 100% needed to get like do away with drow and do away with the connection to D&D because D&D isn't even fixing their drow. They said they were going to years ago and then they released like a write up on it and they're like, "Oh, here are the things we fixed. Here's some little blurbs and like Tasha's, but that's it." Like fucking no. You need to do better. And I've been petitioning this for years at this point, but who's listening? Nobody. Nobody's listening. No. Um, which I, is in annoying. my city, I do a lot of stuff with like moon elves. Like there are like there are societies, you know, think like uh um nazi germany right like so like there are sure. parts like in menzo Benzon where it's like well the leadership here is bad and people are doing bad things not everybody in that society is a bad person if right you're, a nazi, you're a bad person but that yeah. doesn't mean because you live there you're a nazi right so exactly. there are parts of that that you can do my stance if, if you have if you have it off your chest i would like to i would yes. like to take the floor yeah. if that's all Go right for it so yeah. I 100% agree with both of you. Like, this is the correct thing to do. <laughs> uh, like, this is, like, no question asked. Uh, I disagree, like you said, Jare, with the lizard folk and the fact that they're still just evil. Okay, that, that stinks. Just add lizard folk. Are you just replacing it wholeheartedly? Everything else is intrinsically based on D&D. You're not that far away. I don't understand why Drow are the big difference. Um, is it because they're mm -hmm. racist? Sure. Most things in D&D are racist. You have different races that do yep. different things. If you don't have all one, uh, quote unquote species, you're gonna, you're gonna run into racism. So yeah, picking just the drow, I think is just a little bit tone deaf. Um, 
and replacing them with lizard folk isn't going to do any better. But uh, replacing them in full stop is weird. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't like that phrasing in general. Exactly, which is similar to what we got into with the whole half racist thing, where it's like, no, 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 this this started as a racist place, yeah, but that's now fair. you have people that identify with it, so you're still going to marginalize people. I don't think there's a mm-hmm. correct answer, but there might be a more correct answer. Right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so like there's, there's issues across the board there. My thing comes from a point of originality, which is, I don't like any of the lore where it's like, Oh, there there's elves and there there's dark elves. Like it's all stolen from Lord of the Rings, which is all stolen from Norse folklore. So if you're going to be original, go be completely original. It's my biggest issue with critical role. Critical Role might be my favorite thing if Matt Mercer would have just created everything whole hog without, like, trying to make it match D&D's setting rules. Um, which is the thing that you have to do if you're going to play this game, right? You kind of have to fit in their stuff, which is like, let's justify Dragonborn, let's justify Drow, we gotta make it fit into my setting. So you're just doing your version, like you said, it's just a different font. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what Pathfinder did. So in my case, like, well, if you're going to do this, just make a whole fucking new thing. But that's not what Pathfinder is. Pathfinder originally was like, let's do our own version of Dungeons and Dragons. So in my in my case, this is either um, a silly change for, for a little bit of an arbitrary reason or not enough. Um, like, they need to just create everything wholly originally. But that's not what people want with fantasy. They want that Lord of the Rings. They want the elves and, and the dragons and the stuff that we recognize as fantasy. People have British accents for some reason, you know? Like, you have this these tropes that you want to stick to. And so they're just trying to excise drow specifically. Um, so, so that's my take on it. I, I think it's still a good idea, as much as I've thrown all these caveats. Drow have some of the worst things about them when it comes to D&D and they are some of the more well-known right like there are similar issues yeah. with Dragonborn but people don't know Dragonborn on the street if I showed you a picture of a dark elf you'd be like oh that's a dark elf I've seen a thing like that yeah. you might not know who Dritzt is but... but you've seen the iconography before exactly exactly so I don't think it's a bad idea I think it could have been handled better if we're gonna go if we're gonna talk about originality fucking create an entirely new thing um there's nothing more you literally can't right exactly yeah you can't that's the thing like you 100 like you can if if you if you tell people just create your own thing like yeah some people will totally do that they have the tool set to do that but there's listen i talk about this all the time on our podcast there's literally no such thing as an original idea it's very difficult to create anything from scratch you're gonna take something from somewhere and if you're playing in a setting of course you want to in in like incorporate things like from the books like if you're playing a D setting you need to incorporate drow or maybe call them by a different name but use the same stats because then you can't use those source books right exactly like that's, that's what i mean like you're kind of beholden to that game right and that's you're beholden to that game is on yeah. two levels right or like the people want to to use that stuff because they want to play something like D, but also pathfinder needed to not have to create everything from scratch right so like yeah that twice my thing though is like when i pick up a new fantasy novel and it's like the elves did this and the dark elves did that oh, i'm fucking yeah. out i'm out well that's because i don't care that's just that's a whole different conversation that's just fantasy writing like i ran into that when i was in my master's program i wasn't in this workshop but somebody told me a story of somebody who was writing a fantasy story and they were just like oh the orcs did this and then, but they never gave a description of what the orcs looked like. And so the professor was just like, exactly. So and they're just like, well, what do your orcs look like? 
And then they're like, oh, well, like Lord of the Rings. And I'm just like, well, sure, but you need to describe that. And also, how are your orcs different? What is the, like, how do they fit into your world? Whatever. Like, you can use words like orcs and elves and dark elves and whatever, but you have to make them, you know, work in whatever setting you are doing and incorporate them in in that kind of in that kind of way but that's a whole other exactly like, fiction writing is not like ttrpgs like no, that's a whole but that's but that's my point where it's like well if you're gonna change this then like it, it feels arbitrary at that point because if you aren't gonna make something wholly new not necessarily original because that, that's next to impossible but like if this is just for escapism and people want this thing do the work and make it better um and do it across the board that's what i think like it's just a little bit boring to me again it's not that Mm -hmm. that that's bad and that's subjective right like i pick up a book and it's like it's elves versus dark elves i'm fucking no i don't need that shit if i wanted that i go read lord of the rings you know i go check out Mm -hmm. you know something from forgotten realms it's already been done a million times i'm just bored of Mm -hmm. it so that's mm-hmm. again that's a subjective thing i know a lot of people are like no i don't pick up a book if it doesn't have elves versus dark elves what I <laughs> want, you know? yeah like uh, fantasy creatures in ttrpgs are just a staple of the genre and so it's just how you portray them and how you portray them responsibly like if you go back to the critical role example matt mercer in campaign two incorporated drow a lot in his campaign and what he did was he improved on what was there they didn't have the racial connotations they were not evil one of his dm npcs had like kind of a sordid past but was like tagged along with the group and wasn't inherently evil and did away with the evil matriarchy had matriarchal figures but it was egalitarian he Mm -hmm. did the matriarchy correctly and so if you're going to incorporate stuff like this, if Paizo in the future decides to do dark owls, but call them something different, but build it from the ground up, just learn from the mistakes of who's done it in the past. And that's really all you can do. And then obviously consult with people who have been harmed by the betrayals in the past, mostly people of color, maybe women, because they have harmful betrayals of both. Definitely women. Do better. Sade. Yeah, God, definitely. maybe women. <laughs> well i don't know because like i feel like the race <laughs> stuff and the matriarchy stuff is like on par but like i'm a white woman so like can i really say for sure no <laughs> agreed agreed but as a white man i will say it because i oh, okay be... yeah because <laughs> i i listen uh, it's never it's never exclusionary I just advocate whenever you can so i will yeah. say definitely women you can't sure. say it but i will say it <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I really needed your male validation today. No, 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 no. I am not an ally. I am. Burn. I am reaping the 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 rewards of what I look like. So, um, yes, yes, quite. Yes, exactly. What's that line uh, from uh, Get Into the Greek? Like, I'm not an African space Jesus. That's not for me to say. That's for people to say about me, I think is what all this sounds <laughs> Is that a movie? Yeah, Get Into the Greek. <laughs> it's like a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, oh, I have not even seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Cut, I I know, it, but it's a, it's a line yeah. that I love. It's like this narcissistic guy. <laughs> and he's like, no, I would never say that about myself. That's for people to say about me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but no for sure like i i 100 agree i just 
it, it's it comes back to like the writing standpoint where like some of this feels a little arbitrary because I think you can get like that little bit of a win where it's like, well, everyone know that Drow are mishandled, but like, we don't talk yeah. about how most of the other races are mishandled too. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's, it's the Drow are kind of at the top of it. It's the D and D lore iceberg, right? Oh my right. God. I have a great idea of something to make yes. for Twitter. Now a graphic list that we got to get on that. Like the D and D lore iceberg, it's Drow are the most problematic at the top. And then below that you have orcs and dragonborn. And then below that you have this. And then the very, very tip at the bottom mulls from dark sun so that's uh yeah. that's a whole that's a whole thing yeah, that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> i'm gonna send you i don't know what yours is gonna be but i have um i have a different um iceberg for dungeons and dragons lore yours is more serious Excellent. this is more of a meme but it made me think of it i so. mean it's a meme but also it's not it's not no the, <laughs> yours is not this is a meme <laughs> okay 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 um but i think that's about it lissa do you want to add anything before we jump out of here she's eating nope. peanuts uh, <laughs> she's eating peanuts <laughs> no i'm busy judgment, terry no i have peanuts to eat exactly no you got shit to do um but thank you so much for listening uh draw are racist and so are all the other races in D. everybody knows that um if you want to hear us talk more about that specifically Sade and lissa get into some awesome awesome problematic lore and break it down um in a really analytical way over on the slovenly trolls and you can find the slovenly trolls at our website campykillcreations.com and if you really like this and you really like the slovenly trolls you can find all that stuff and bonus content and early content lore rewrites and after shows behind the scenes content our book club where we talk about this shit but from a book perspective we get into some awesome Whoa. stuff over on our patreon patreon.com slash campykillcreations drop a buck or two keeps the lights on and the mics rolling um if if you want to get a hold of us you can do so can't be killed creations at gmail.com you can find me at resident stevel all over across the internet you can find my comic books in stores or on digital comic book platforms t.s luther is my pen name go buy my shit please um i have children to feed <laughs> um if you want to find the show you can find it at cave trolls pod on twitter Charday, where can the people find you online they can find me as the greatest ever host of the Slovenly <laughs> Trolls podcast, uh, where we, like Terry said, we talk about problematic lore. Is it awesome problematic lore? Debatable, but yes, we do. We we get awesome about it. I don't know. We tell them you how to do better. You are awesome. The problematic <laughs> lore, not awesome. Your not content, so awesome. Okay, awesome. we we're the we're the awesome part of the problematic lore. Nope, that doesn't work either. Anyway, I also run the. <laughs> Uh, slovenly trolls twitter at slovenly trolls and the tiktok sometimes when i feel like posting hell yeah <laughs> listen where can the people find you online i do not exist mm -hmm. um sure. online or in person um but the cave trolls have a twitter account that is at <laughs> cave trolls pod and the slovenly trolls have an instagram at slovenly trolls it wouldn't be a wow. good show if you didn't have one nihilistic host that's like, does any of this matter? Why am I here? Uh, the the yeah. fans really love to hear stuff like that. Uh, well, sometimes um, it changes, too. Like, sometimes it's not just Lissa. Like, sometimes we switch places because, weirdly enough, us, we're not the yeah. same person, Terry. I Listen, yeah. I, I didn't say the same person. I said you look the same. What? That doesn't sound oh. right. Hold on. Mm. Uh, sound the same? Oh, no. Uh, uh -huh. Man, my, my, my white man brain mm -hmm. is breaking. Uh, oh, no. Oh, mom, God. Uh, women aren't a monolith uh anyways mm. uh, much like D, D races for fuck's sake um <laughs> it's so frustrating um 
anyways, thank you so much for listening, and we're sorry. Uh, we've been the Cave Trolls, and we're out. <laughs> Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. <laughs>